What's going on, guys? Welcome back to your favorite sports podcast. Your usual host, myself, Mr. Grayson Fisher. With me, my partner in crime, the one and only Zachary Watts. Today, we have our first ever basketball associated, affiliated, whatever you want to talk about basketball guest, Mr. Josh Mendoza. Josh, thanks for coming on, man. It's an honor. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so, you know, like I said, we don't know too much about you, just, you know, going through your Instagram and, and what Zach got from your girlfriend. You want to just dive in a little bit and to let everyone know your resume in the, in the sport of basketball and in the sports world as well? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So just to get started, man, I mean, I started playing the game at a young age, um, I guess a little later than most. So I probably started playing around like 12 or 13. Grew a love for the game, continued playing in middle school, high school, was fortunate enough to play in college. Um, played four years at a university called Johnson. And then shortly after that, I was fortunate enough to play uh, overseas a bit. I played in Peru for three years with a stint in Puerto Rico for one season. And, um, you know, from there, you know, I just figured, listen, man, I'm going to play for the next 10 years. You know, I'm going to keep this thing rolling. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the pandemic hit. So and I say, unfortunately, uh, although it turned out something fortunate at the moment, you know, it was pretty bad because, you know, I had no. I had no plan, really. You know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to play for 10 years. I'm going to do this for, you know, a little while. And then whenever, whenever it ends, it ends. And um, when the pandemic hit, it cut our travel. So I wasn't able to go to the country that I was doing, right? So, um, you know, I, I kind of had to go back to what I knew, which was the game of basketball. So I started um, going to parks and training local kids, right? And then the local kids that went to my alma mater at Cypress Bay High School, um, from there, um, I I, I began began developing like a good rapport with the high school coach there and um, began training kids that way. Um, shortly after, my my head coach called me. Um, my head coach at my other alma mater at Johnson and Wales University um, called me to be his head assistant. Right, so that's kind of how I got my foot in the door of the coaching world. But um, you know, I was doing that for about two three months, and then due to the pandemic, the school closed down. So now I'm back to square one. Right, so now I'm 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 still training at the parks. Um, you know, doing the thing on the side, but I have no real career at the moment. Um, then that's when I to put in my application at a bunch of universities. And the first university that I got back to me was Florida Memorial, which is where I'm currently at right now. Um, they hired me at first to start what we call the developmental program. So it's a program under the varsity program, and we hold about two rosters right now. And, um, you know, I was, I was called to build that program on a volunteer basis. So, you know, on the side, I'm hustling to train these kids at the park um, for little scraps of dollars that I can get. And then after that, you know, or sorry, during the day, I'm, I'm at Florida Memorial. And after that, I'm training the kids um, on a volunteer basis. And I did that all of 2020, 2021. Um, our athletic director was seeing the progress that we were making within the developmental program and how many kids that I was, um, or student athletes rather, that I was enrolling. And he, uh, he made me full time. Right. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to land a full time position there as their head developmental coach and the varsity assistant while growing my academy at the same time. So, you know, and, and I kind of stayed over the academy part, um, but the academy is actually what I, I take the most pride in. Although coaching is my career, the academy is what I built up from from the ground up. Right. So right now we currently have about six coaches where about two years ago it was just me. Right. Is the academy and, um, like a like a training regiment academy like your guys are like. Correct. Uh, let's say I'm a basketball player and I'm I'm looking to get, you know, like a personal trainer, but specified for basketball. That's what your academy is. That's what my academy is. And we, we don't just limit it to just the people that play basketball. We also have a beginner's class as well. So we have anywhere from from kids just starting, like from five years old, all the way up to professionals. Right. Awesome. So, you know, we, we take pride in, in just 
being able to service anybody who's interested in the game, you know, from from those who are, like I told you, like professionals or collegiates or those who are in high school, JV, what have you, and those who kind of just maybe play recreationally or just a kid who just, you know, hey, let's try something, you know what I mean, and, and let's try it out. So between the between those groups, that's that's pretty much what um, I was able to build. And um, and now we, we have a uh, fortunately I moved from the park and I was able to get contracted by a by a local gym here. And with the local gym, we do a revenue share. And, um, you know, I have my academies run, which is actually where I'm going to head right after this. And um, uh, yeah, that's that's where the academies run. It's more like an after school program. But this summer is where we're going to do our first uh, summer camp. So between the two, you know, my, my plate's pretty full, but um, I can't be you know, I can't be more grateful um, just just because of the fact of where I know where I started and, you know, where I'm at at this point in time. I think, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have good help around me and good eyes, but um, this is just where I've, you know, where I've taken it up to this point. And, you know, I just look to continue to grow um, with the gym as well. So aside from that, so with the venue that I've located, I also created a men's league. So aside from the the coaching um, with Florida Memorial and the training that I do with the academy, I also um, am the commissioner of a men's league that we run as well. Um, so just a lot of basketball on my plate, I guess you could say. But um, just just nothing but grateful for for every opportunity that I've had. Now, real quick, yeah. I know Zach wants to jump in on something, but um, you remind me a lot of myself, honestly, because you know my big thing is I want to, I I don't ever want to wake up and 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 be resentful of the day I have at at hand. I want to wake up knowing I'm doing what I love every single day, and I I'm not in, as involved to the extent that you are, but I do you know probably where you were in the beginning process with with youth wrestling. I'm a I'm a high school youth wrestling coach um for right. a club. So I do that voluntarily, but I make money through, you know, I, we run a practice on Sundays. It's like 10 bucks. I split that with another coach and I do a bunch of private lessons um, as well as I'm an amateur MMA fighter. So like, I'm not getting paid to fight. Also, I'm just doing it because I love it. I'll eventually, wow. I'll be pro by next year though. But I mean, even then that's still not a lot of money, but you know, it's just listening to you talk. It's like, that's, I'm kind of like where you were like three years ago, you know, two years ago. And it's cool to see that you're able to follow the passion you love. And it's really hard to, find people that do what they love every single day. You know, there's so many people that work jobs they hate because their mom and dad told them they had to work that job. Or they were like, if I don't get this job out of college, I'm a failure. When in reality, it's you can do the things you love. Yeah, you might have to fine tune it a little bit. Like maybe you're like, I want to play in the NBA. Well, obviously that didn't work, but you still found a route that you love. You know what I mean? And that's why I think, you know, it's awesome that we have this podcast and we have this platform that we can bring people on like yourself that show that if you can always find a way to do the thing you love, no matter how hard you, no matter how hard it is, as long as you love it and you put the work in. And I, that's something that I just picked off from that. And I really appreciate you, you know, breaking down everything. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I can go on and on about like the trials and, and things that, you know, I've been through throughout the, the three years, but I think you hit it on the head as far as just being persistent, you know, with everything that, that you're doing, you know, and, and be very intentional, I would say, you know, because, you know, though I've grown a lot in the past three years, I think I still have a lot more to grow, you know, and, and I have places where I want to get to, you know, my next is, you know, buying my own facility and running my own camps and clinics and, you know, travel teams and things of that nature. So where you're headed, you know, as long as you have that passion for it and you're intentional with what you're doing, um, you know, you'll, you'll find your way, you know what I mean? And that, that'll be the advice to anybody that that's just starting something, you know, so. Yeah, Josh, you talked a little bit about how you were you started off just showing up to parks to try to change kids. And then now you're running your own leagues like you're a coach now. Was there like a shift for you where you realized like you wanted to pursue the coaching like career or like was there ever a moment in time where you realized like 
all right, I've moved past my playing days. I need to become more of a coach. Like I need to change my philosophy on certain things. Like, was there a certain point in time that you felt things changed for you? Um, yeah, yeah, there was. I think, I think that when it hit, I want to say it was at, it was during last year, 2021, 2022. Um, there was a shift in my mentality. You know, when I first stopped, I was like, you know what, I'll do this coaching and training thing for a little bit. But when travel, I'm just hitting, I'm hitting the road again. You know, I'm, I'm down to travel and play basketball overseas. But I think when I started to see my impact in others and, and how it changed the life of others, um, that was worth a lot more to me than my own personal success and gain, you know, and, and though um, I do miss traveling and playing, um, there's very minimal responsibility with that, you know, compared to what I have now, I think, you know, when I was playing and when I was, uh, you know, traveling, it, it was just, it was fun and it was a great experience. It was definitely needed for, for where I was in my life, you know, to just have a change of culture and be able to adapt to certain situations um, and face adversity that way. But nothing has challenged me more than dealing with a, a young individual who who needs to find their way. You know what I mean? And when I talk to these young kids and I talk to these young athletes, um, it's kind of like a repeated cycle. You know, you you input everything you have and everything that you've learned up to a certain point to a young a student athlete to to gain that knowledge. And then the next year when you recruit again, you got that same issue all over again. I'm not going to call it an issue, but it's just what the youth is, you know, and and. Um, and, and dealing with the youth, you know what I mean? I found a lot more, I'm not going to call it power, but just, it's just a lot more value, um, in, in what I do now. So when, when I realized that I was making that impact in these student athletes and, and they were actually using the, the advice that I was giving them and I could see the change in their life and the shift in their life, I'm like, wow, like it made me, it, it, it's such an, uh, such an achievement and accomplishment, but more so like it's such a gratification that I feel with myself for, for doing that for somebody else that, you know, I, I couldn't get enough of it, you know, and I still can't get enough of it. You know, when I see a young kid struggle, like I, I want to help him in certain ways, you know, and I want to be able to, to pour into that kid. So, so yeah, already, I would, I'm already loving this podcast, dude. <laughs> I, I love you. It, it's like, I'm literally talking to myself right now. It's awesome. You know, and I, I am still a fighter. I'm still a competitor. So like, obviously um, yes. I still love the chase and I still love the hunger, but there's a different, and, and I, and I understand where your struggle is finding the word because it's hard to put, but there's a different feeling of helping a kid achieve his dreams. You know, mm. yes, achieving your own dreams is, is spectacular. And I think every single person in the world should go and achieve their own dreams. But when right. you know that if I wasn't there for that kid, he wouldn't have done this. Or e even if it was through someone else, there's just a certain feeling of seeing a kid achieve his dream and knowing that you helped put him in that place to do that. And and it's really hard to find the yeah. word for it. Um, but two years ago, I, was a, I, was a, my, I did my first year of assistant rep assistant coach at a high school wrestling American uh, American heritage in Delray beach. And I coached the freshman to win a state title and wow. I never won a state title in my life. And that was my childhood dream since I was six years old. And I'm not saying that this felt better than that would have felt, but damn, did it feel amazing to watch that kid win a state title wow. as a freshman and Absolutely. the emotion and, and knowing how hard he worked and how much he listened to me and believed in me. And then, being able to be like, look what I said worked and you listen to it. You know, it's like, it's, it's really hard to put into words how joyous and, and humbling that experience is, you know, it's kind of like out of body in the extent. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I can definitely attest to that. Um, you know, in a similar way, you know, I've never won a conference championship in college. I, I, I was fortunate enough to win a national one uh, when I was playing overseas, but in college I was, I wasn't able to win a, a conference championship. And, and ironically enough, I'm actually coaching conference that I once played in so um to be at that level and, and have the ability to win a conference championship two years 
Um, I kind of felt the same way where it was like it, it wasn't me as the player, but my impact on the program and my impact on the team was was something that I felt and the players felt as well. So I, I can definitely attest to that joyous feeling, man. It was just something it was different. You know what I mean? It was very different. It's something that I'm I'm continuing to chase every day. So, yeah. Josh, you talk, I can tell based off like just the mannerisms and the way you talk, like you're very selective with your words. And I feel like that's the coach coming out on you because you you never want to say the wrong thing to your kid. Because <laughs> I know I know it's difficult for ourselves because, you know, we can always tell ourselves certain things and we know how we're going to perceive it. But trying to translate that to someone else in order to get the message through to them, that's always like a difficult process. And, you know, I know you work with kids of all ages, you know, you're working with college kids, 16 year olds, all the way down to the youth. Do you feel like you have to change your philosophy in any way based off the age level you're working with? Like, is it easier? Is it harder? Like, how does that kind yeah. of change? Yeah, honestly, I find I find the hardest to teach the youngest kids for me. So the now now while while it is challenging to find new methods for advanced kids to succeed because they kind of not saying they know it all, but they're advanced, right? So they have a certain skill set that's above everybody else. It's like, for example, I was just at the University of Memphis last weekend with one of my um I'm not going to call my clients, but one of one of the people I've been training for the past couple of years, um, he just recently signed there to play basketball for Penny Hardaway. And, um, you know, with him, I always try to find and create new ways to, to challenge him because he's a really good shooter. Um, you know, he handles the ball really well. And just finding new ways to get creative with him is always challenging. But when you get a kid who's, man, he just never touched a basketball before, you know what I mean? And he has no idea what to do with it. He looks at it like it's a foreign object and he starts slapping it all over the place. And you just have to dumb yourself down and I shouldn't use that word but you have to bring yourself to his level to to kind of relate and get him to understand the elementary you know basics of basketball you know what I mean and then at the same time you got to have fun with it right because it's not like you know it's not like a job as you know where where you know the kid I was just training you know he he's looking to go to the NBA you know so that you know is actually getting serious and more so of a business than it is a sport now whereas when I teach a five-year-old like I can't be as you know, strict and structured with the kid, he has to have fun with the game, you know? So even in the incremental small steps that he takes, I have to, you know, take that as a victory almost, you know, when he starts to dribble and, and the kid makes his first shot and his first basket, like you have to celebrate, like you won the NBA championship, you know? Um, so my philosophy changes and the fact that, you know, I, I simplify things, but my energy remains the same. You know, my energy that I give to a five-year-old is the same that I give to my pro clients. You know what I mean? I don't change my energy because, you get or you see what you put out there. You know what I mean? So if I go with low energy, I'm going to receive that same energy back. But if I go, you know, with this vibrant high energy and, and also with a bit of knowledge mixed in with that, you're going to receive that same and, and you're going to get a lot more reciprocation from that as well. Like that athlete's going to look at you and, and actually listen to what you're saying and, and adhere you and, and understand. And sometimes what you're saying isn't going to work. You know what I mean? For me, uh, more often than not, you know what I mean? I find myself in situations where we're, we're halfway through a drill and I'm like, this ain't working. You know, I got to change it up, you know what I mean? If you speak my language, but I got to change stuff up, you know what I mean? And so, you know, he goes through it and, and I see it's not working for him. So I stop the drill and I, and I analyze, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. This is what we have to do. This is what we have to alter. And then we move on from there, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I would say it's always changing in, in the, uh, you know, from, from the teaching standpoint, but not the energy, the energy always remains the same. Hey, you don't got to worry about custom brother. Trust me. Our audience is not gonna, it's not gonna hop on your <laughs> tail for that. Well, yeah, okay. I agree. I mean, from my personal experience, I hate working with kids. I like seventh grade and up. I mean, if they're really, really, really good, I'll work with fifth and sixth. But one thing that yeah. I learned and I'm still learning as a as a young coach is how to translate my base of how I coach and my base of what I believe into different styles. Mm -hmm. Not every single kid wrestles the same way. Not every kid right. built the same way. 
You know, I'm more of an athletic build. There's kids that are short and fat. There's kids that are tall and skinny. The way the arsenal I need to create for their offense is not going to be the same arsenal that I create for myself. You know what mm. I mean? But I need to still learn the basic gist. And I call it my base, you know, especially when I work with a kid for the first time, their parents are like, you did the same thing for the whole hour. I'm like, yes, I need to grit. Once I can get his core and his base solid, then we can start mm. working on his top wrestling, his bottom wrestling, his scrambling, his like offense. That. But I need to make sure his base is good. Once oh, yeah. I have his base, then I can start translating his style better. And some right. parents, they'll work with me for one lesson. They're like, we think you're too slow. We're done. And then there's some that keep up with it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we're on week five. I can finally see why you're doing this in week one. I'm like, yes, I, it's a base. I want to create his base. Once the base is strong, then our branches start flowing. But if the base of the tree is weak, I don't care how big the branches are, they're going to fall off. So that's Absolutely. why I'm like, le I'm still learning how to work with different styles. I mean, I do private Sundays are my big private lesson day. I do like four to five private lessons every Sunday, but like I'll yeah. work with a kid that's a state runner up, you know, the way I'm going to work with him is going to be completely different than when I work with my boy, Ben, who's nine, you know, yeah. or my kid, Logan, he's six foot, but he wrestles at 120 pounds. I'm not going to wow. work with him the same way I'd work with myself, you know? So like, I'm still learning how to make my base more adaptable, but still keep the core of what I believe in, in my teaching. That's beautiful, man. That that's honestly great that you're that 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 that's your teaching style because I think everybody needs a a better foundation and they do the added, you know, bonus things. You know, I can relate it to a basketball sense, but I think what you're doing is is the way to teach. You know what I mean? I think when when you will falter in certain areas, especially in your foundation, nothing sticks. You know what I mean? So when you're able to have a solid foundation, like you mentioned, use the word base. When you have a solid base it'll grow on a solid foundation, you know what I mean? To where it's like, you know, you're, you're working on all these other, all these other things and aspects of the game and your foundation isn't that it's all going to crumble. So that's, that's a perfect analogy that you use, man. And, and you're hustling, man. So just, just keep that up, bro. Like I think, you know, in due time, it's going to pay off because, you know, you just gotta, you know, keep putting in the time and keep working with, with the kids that you are working with, man. And, and that, that method philosophy works across all stages and all levels and, and not just in sports but you know when you're teaching in general you know you want to teach the foundation and the, the core of whatever it is that or whatever subject it is that you're teaching you know before you move on to the advanced stuff well, sorry yeah. Zach, i got one more thing the other thing yeah. i learned a lot from coaching is you don't realize how simplistic success is oh you know, yeah i was an athlete and even now as a fighter sometimes i'm like i don't know how to do this 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 i'm like dude i'm so far behind but in reality it's like you know, our head coach of our club is like, you need to have two takedowns on your feet. You need to have an escape on bottom. You need to have one turn on top. And with those five moves, you can win a state and national title. And it's crazy because yep. to a kid, they're like, look at all these videos of these top guys are doing backflips and they're doing this and that. I'm like, yeah, it looks cool. But in reality, if you have five solid moves, you have two good takedowns on your feet, you have a good turn on top and you can get out on bottom, you'll win a national title. You know, yeah. once you realize how important, like you said, the foundation is and the, and the basics, the, the fun stuff becomes easy. But then when you get a kid and their dad's like, I want him doing all this advanced stuff. I'm like, dude, yeah, he, I want to teach him that stuff too. But he can't even show me a day one double leg. Like, how am mm. I going to teach him something that's eight years in the making if he can't do what he learned when he was five, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, nah, that's a great point, man. And, and, I, and I agree with you. Less is more. I think that's what I would sum it up to. You know, le less is more. Yeah. You know. Josh, you – well, both of you, you've kind of touched on, like, building your base and foundation, and then you've also touched on aspects of kind of having, like, knowing where your own weaknesses lie. Like, there's some things you can't teach. Maybe it'd be for wrestling, like, your body size. Like, you can't teach things the way you would teach yourself just because it wouldn't match up. Now, when you're training kids different positions, point guard through center, like, 
do you feel like there's certain things that you feel are universally taught that you can share throughout all of them? Or do you feel like they have to learn things a little bit differently based off whether it be their position or like how they play the game? Yeah. I, so what I do, and, and that's a good question too, because, um, you know, depending on where their skill level is position wise, I, I would teach things that more so relate to their position. Right. So um, with my bigs, for instance, right. I'm, I'm not going to do an abundance of ball handling drills with my bigs because it doesn't necessarily immediately impact winning. Right. And so my philosophy is behind that is what's going to impact winning wherever you're at. Right. So if you're playing JV high school, college, you're professional, you're playing recreational basketball for the YMCA, what may have you, what do you do well or what can you do well rather that's going to impact winning. Right. So for my bigs, for instance, you know, if, if a big is struggling, you know, obviously he's going to struggle with his ball handling at first at the youth. But for me, I focus more so on rebounds, and shots around the basket. So whether it be hook shots, you know, um, you know, putbacks, um, you know, backboard layups, very, very, just stuff around the basket. You know what I mean? And when we can master that, then I can, because I know what position they're going to be in, right? So that five, that center is more often than not, especially at the youth level, going to be stuck under the basket. So what do we have to work on? Stuff that's going to be around the basket. So when that person masters that, and you brought up the foundation point, we've been talking about that, then we can how to do things that, you know, are, are added to your game. But if you can't impact winning, you're not going to get in the game to be able to do the stuff that we work on anyway. So if I'm doing an abundance of handles and, and three-pointers and fadeaways with you with somebody who is stuck under the basket, then my training is useless, you know? And then similarly for my point guards, you know, if, if you can't handle the basketball, right, and I got you out here running around shooting Steph Curry threes, then it's going to be tough because you can't get the ball across half court to begin with, right? So I, I do things position-wise that are going to help, that's going to help the player impact winning immediately when they've demonstrated that they can do that in a team setting away from my training. And it's like, okay, cool. I can watch your film. I can analyze. And now here are certain points where we can do certain things um, that are going to help add to your game. But first the basics is position wise is just figuring out what you already do in the game. So for instance, like I have one of my other players, um, his name is Jordan Hines and you know what he does really well. He rebounds the ball really well. You know, he has a very low assist to turnover ratio and um, you know, he struggles with his jump shot. You know, so those two things as far as rebounding and passing, he does already well. So all summer we've been just working on mastering the catch and shoot, mastering the the, the pull up jumper and doing things like that. So by the time he comes into the game, he does what he does well already. Now he's added the jump shot portion to his game, which is going to helpfully elevate him to become a professional one day after this, you know. But um, but yeah, that that's pretty much my philosophy within positions, because, you know, now they say basketball is like a positionless game. And I think that's like a bad term to give the youth because they're not there yet. You know what I mean? It's a positionless game in the NBA, right? Because at that point, you know, the NBA has translated to a center shooting threes, but those centers have been practicing their entire lives and have been good at those certain things their entire life. If you're not good at that certain thing, you can't adapt to something that somebody else is already good at. You know, you got to first develop your own skill set first and then figure out how you can impact winning on a higher level. 100%. What, what would you say, um, you know, we're talking on terms of like actual basketball skills. What would right. you say, um, as far as in your experience, is the biggest psychological barrier that you have to get over when it comes to certain kids? Like, what's the one thing mentally it's like, it's it's you're starting to see it become more of a trend where it's like, all right, we need to get over this hump psychologically. I think it's confidence, man, because the problem is nowadays with social media, um, kids play the comparison game, mm -hmm. you know, and so they see a lot of what others are doing out there and they want to be that. And they fail to kind of have some self-actualization or self-realization about themselves because they're so caught up in wanting to be something else. So they have confidence issues because they're not that, 
You know what I mean? So when they come in, you know, they struggle with doing certain things or, or they might be scared to do a move or scared to attack or scared to shoot the basketball because, you know, they, they, they know, or they know that they're not at that level yet that which they're watching. Right. But they fail to realize the value that they hold themselves. And then they, their self-confidence is out the window. So really just getting a kid to one, just know themselves because I think that's the hardest thing, you know, and like I mentioned with social media, man, like, everyone on social media is doing great. You know what I mean? Everyone yeah. is, no one, no one's posting about their failure. Everyone's doing amazing. You know what I mean? Everyone's out there living their best life and, you know, doing things that, that impress other people. So it's hard to have an evaluation of yourself or, or rather it's, I, I shouldn't say hard, but at the same time, like when you compare yourself to the things that everyone's always doing well, then you think you're falling short. You know what I mean? So then a kid has a confidence issue coming into the gym already because they believe that they're not doing things that are adequate enough to to win a basketball game or just to be a good player, you know? And I think what comes with that struggle is the the seek and the the constant logging, longing, you know, because, you know, we, we live in a, in a well, we, not, we don't live in it, but as far as basketball is concerned, coaches have a lot of power, you know, and, and the game is very, very opinionated. You know, I could think one thing about a player and a coach could look at another player and think a whole different thing. You know, so when when they're going to these different coaches, you know, one coach may be telling them one thing and another may be telling them another thing, but they fail to realize what they do themselves. You know, they have self-awareness issues. So confidence and self-awareness will be two things that I think um, nowadays that the youth really struggle with. And and I think in order to solve that, um, they kind of just have to take a break, you know, and stop playing the comparison game, you know, just kind of, you know, evaluate themselves and, and have confidence in what they do. So, you know, they can build on what they already do, you know, and then they'll realize once they start getting good that, you know, they never even wanted to be what they're looking at. You know what I mean? Because they don't do that. You know what I mean? They just they just wanted that recognition that that person's getting. You know, so um, so yeah, that those are the two things I would say. You know, fall that that the youth nowadays struggle with. When I had a uh, really bad confidence issues, you know, especially when I was graduating high school, because that was that exact scenario. You know, one of my um, one of my best friends. He's one of the best wrestlers in the entire world. He just uh made the United States World Team this past weekend. Like he's literally wow. one of the best in the entire world. And then I can't even win a state title, you know? So I'm like always mm -hmm. constantly comparing myself to that. But there was two really good sayings that really helped me, especially, and obviously as I've gotten older, I'm 23 now, I understand the perspective. I understand everyone bleeds. Everyone's the same person, you know? Everyone goes through the same struggles. And like you said, social media is not real life. But two of the big things for me personally as an athlete now, not as a coach, was you can't compare yourself to others. You need to compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Am I yeah. better than I was yesterday? Yes. You're doing, the, you're doing everything right then. You know, when we start thinking weeks in ahead or years in ahead or months in ahead, like that's when you start losing hope. You have to conquer today before you can worry about tomorrow. Am I 1% better today than I was yesterday? Good. You do that the whole year, you get 365% better. You know, the other thing I loved, and I don't remember the exact like quote of it, but it was like every single person in the world is writing a book about their life. You're like what you're doing every day, you're writing a book about your life. And although that, that Johnny across the street is in the UFC at 18 years old, his book and my book don't have the UFC at the same part. Mine might mm. be chapter seven. His might have been chapter two. Once you realize that your goals are still attainable, it's just a different journey for you. It makes the process so much more enjoyable. And that yeah. was a big thing for me is I'm constantly looking at kids. and I'm like, he's younger than me. He's doing better than me. This kid's younger than me. He's doing better than me. This kid's my age. He's getting offers from schools that I wanted to go to. Once you realize like those are still legitimate options in my story, I'm just not at that part of the book yet. Once I yeah. realized that, it made training way more fun. It made the process way more fun because you realize like, yeah, that part of the book's coming. It's just not there yet in my book.
Exactly. Exactly. And the book alters, man. Like maybe what you had out planned, you know, doesn't work out your way initially, but then you reach a certain point where you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't even want that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I can attest to that because, you know, for the longest, I just wanted to play, you know, internationally. And, and I, and I achieved that goal. So I, I was playing in, in Peru and, and like I said, in that stint in Puerto Rico, but my main goal was like, you know what, I want to go to Spain and I want to, and I want to have a career in Spain. I want to live out there. And now that I, I'm I'm here in, in the seat that I'm at, I'm like, I don't, I don't want that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, like, vacations over there would be nice, but I don't, I don't want that specific life for me anymore. You know what I mean? Now that I'm here, I'm like, I'm thinking academy, I'm thinking coaching, I'm thinking, you know what I mean? And, you know, if you're a person that believes everything happens for a reason, then, then you'll come to realization that it's like, you know what, th that wasn't for me. You know what I mean? And, and I was called to do something bigger than myself. And in this case, it's impact the lives of others. You know what I mean? And, and I think in doing that, um, I'm just grateful for everything that I went through prior to get me to to this point, you know. So that that's a great uh, it's a great method, it's a great analogy to go by as far as just not not playing that comparison game. Yeah, you know, we've kind of touched on the individual aspects of coaching and trying to like impact someone's mentality, but you know, you touched on earlier, you're not going to teach anything to anyone unless it's like helping the team win. And you know, one thing that like me and Grayson may not be as experienced as is like coaching from a team effort like base so like when you're coaching your guys you know aside from the individual aspect how are you trying to get like a team to buy into a philosophy like how are you trying to get a group of men who may all be on different paths or may all be at different chapters of their book how are you trying to get them on the same page in that moment or for that season that's a yeah that, question, that's a great Mac. that was a fire that, that's an amazing question because I'm i'm in both hats right so like when i'm in that hat of teaching i'm thinking about the individual and then I go to coach, you know, my boys at Florida Memorial, I'm, a, I'm in the team aspect. So, you know, certain shots that I train certain athletes at, I'm telling that player, don't take that shot. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not conducive towards what the team needs. So that's a great question, man. Um, I think when when I'm talking in a team aspect and I'm trying to get individuals to buy into one goal, um, I make it to where, and it's not just me, but teams in general, they, they make it to something that's bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're playing for something bigger than yourself, you're willing to and give up pieces of yourself for the betterment of the group you know what i mean and so that that's my whole philosophy when it comes to something in a team setting and that's just that's just not basketball that's team setting in general you know teams in general whether you're trying to reach a certain objective whether you're in the corporate office trying to hit you know certain check marks and, or, or checkpoints what may have you you know you're you need to come together as a collective to reach a bigger goal and in this case bigger goal our bigger goal is to win a championship you know we win a we, we play a team sport so it's easy to hone on hone in on a team that just you know, you kind of, you know, you game plan for that one player, you know what he does, you take the thing that he does away, and then now you leave the other four to come play the game for you, you know, whereas if you are within a team, and you guys are all sacrificing parts of yourself, and you're giving your best energy to yourself for the team, then you can achieve a championship. And I think in winning a championship, for me, it, it opens the door for everything, every, every other opportunity that they that that individual may want, right? So if that individual, for instance, wants to go pro, that pro agent isn't going to look at someone from a losing you know, so that's another incentive that I tell my team. I'm like, listen, like if you want to go and achieve and play at a higher level, and even as coaches, if you want to, you know, say for instance, like as a as a coach, you want to coach at a higher level. Well, that institution and that university isn't going to hire you unless you've proven to be a winner at that level. You know what I mean? So the same works for players. You know, when players get drafted or players are are you know are, are in that stage, it it does result back to the individual. But in order for them to succeed and get to that place as an individual, they got to win as a team. You know, they got to prove that that player impacts winning. And so when I get my team to buy in on something bigger than themselves, that's what they're thinking of. And then, and, they, and then eventually they want it for each other. You know what I mean? And I think that's the beautiful part about it all. You know, when you see 
you know, a teammate do something for somebody else, that's that's the beauty of it. You know what I mean? It's like, for instance, like, you know, and I'm just giving you a scenario when a player has an open shot, he's sitting there, he's at the wing, he sees the basket, but somebody else is more open one more or, or one pass away. And he gives up that one pass for that next player to make that shot. It's like, okay, that's what it's all about. Trusting somebody else to go ahead and do the job that you believe that you can do, but you know what? He has a better opportunity. So let me give him that better opportunity for him to succeed as opposed to me taking this shot for me, you know, give it, we say, uh, give up good shots for great shots. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, a lot of coaches, a lot of basketball coaches, you know, do that. And, and that's what that means. You know what I mean? Like give up, give up a little bit of yourself to get a bigger goal. And then, and then that bigger goal is a, is a championship for everybody. You know um, it's tough though, man. It's, it's, it's easier said than done because you get a, a, a lot of egos at the college level, a lot because, uh, those guys were all the men in high school, you know, and they were all the guy and um, they're, they're clashing together, you know, because they believe that they are the sole option as to why they're winning and, and which may have been the case in their previous school. But now you come into a college setting where every one of those guys were, was the man. Yeah, everyone's like, the guy. Yeah. Every, right. So how do we get all the guys to buy together to be a bigger, you know, entity to be a winning team, you, you know, know and I think thing so. to that is when, uh, when people say we got too many chiefs and not enough Indians. There you I, go. I love that saying. I love that saying. You know, we got everybody yeah, for the superstar. Exactly. We don't got the guys that are going to actually uh, put the work in. Exactly. But, you know, you got my brain flowing like crazy right now. I wish this podcast <laughs> was longer. What yeah, is your sure. terms, like in your definition, because I have my own definition as well, but I want to hear you speak. What in your terms, and it doesn't even have to be like just what they do on the court, what in your terms separates a good and a great basketball player? Like what's the difference of that kid's very good and that kid's great? Uh, consistency, consistency, man. How consistent is that player? Because anybody can go to the gym and make one jump shot and you make two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight consistency under pressure. You know, how consistent is that person when, when, the, when it matters, you know, are you a 20 point scorer on a losing team or are you a 20 point scorer and your team is successful in winning games every night? You know what I mean? So I think, I think the, the, the difference between a good and a great player is the consistency because I think they both have the same abilities. I think one's just more consistent because his lifestyle is more consistent or her lifestyle is more consistent rather, you know? So on that end, it's like, are, are they doing the things every single day to improve at their craft or are they just showing up when they have to show up? You know what I mean? Are they doing the things like, are, are they meeting the minimal requirement or are they going above and beyond to, uh, to make sure that their craft is mastered? And I think that's, that's the point of mastering, you know, as opposed to good and great, it's more so just consistent and, you know, he's average, you know, he can, he can get the job done. Um, that, that's, that, that's what I would say is the, the main difference, you know, just being I like, consistent. uh, I like the consistency. That's, that's, so mine's like two-parted. I like, I agree with the consistency. That's the first part. My second part is ability to perform when you, when you're not there, you know, so yeah. a, go, a good, so I'm going to put it in, in terms of MMA, a good fighter is going to go out there and he's going to win the title on the night that he has the greatest form of his life. He has the greatest weight cut of his life. He has the greatest camp of his life. His relationship with his girlfriend's going great. His family relationship's going great. He's making a lot of money. And, you know, he goes out there and when he, when they, when they say fight, he feels the best he's ever felt. That's a good fighter. A great fighter is a guy that has the worst camp of his life. His coaches and him are having disagreements. Him, him and his girlfriend are having a bad relationship. The weight cut was brutal. He feels like shit when he wakes up. When he gets into the octagon, he has the worst nerves of his life and he still wins the fight. In my mm. opinion, when you can perform regardless how you feel because you know you have to perform, that's the difference of good and great. And that's my personal yeah. opinion on it. No, I agree. I agree. I think performance is obviously huge. You know what I mean? You got to show up and perform at the end of the day. 
Um, but to that point, I think it all falls back on on just being consistent because they fall back on what they know. You know, despite everything that you're mentioning, say the guy had a bad day. And like you mentioned, you know, he had an argument with his girl, whatever. Say they were having transportation issues. And when it's time and the lights come on to do what they do every day, then it's like, OK, I, I do this. This is what I do. It's like breathing, it's like walking at that point. You know what I mean? It's like this is a flow for me. You know, when I'm in this state, it's like I don't need the exterior things to go well because this is what I fucking do. You know what I mean? So. Um, a guy like John Jones is a great, great example of that. You know what I mean? John Jones has a bunch of, you know, off outside the octagon issues, you know what I mean? Or had rather, you know, I know he's changing his life he around has, now. He still has. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> you know, but, but when it's time to perform, he goes back to what he knows, you know, and he goes back to the things that he just knows, you know, and I, and I talk about this, I talked about this with, it was in, it was in the middle of my, uh, a training session, you know what I mean? I'm like, there's a difference between a belief and a, and a no, you know, you may believe in something, right? Like you may believe in like, and God, for instance, right? But like, I know, I don't know, I'm just gonna say like a fact, like I know my shirt is white. You know what I mean? I know that I have tattoos on my arm. I know that my hair is black. I know that I'm Hispanic. Those are things that I know, right? And so when you know something, it's like, there's an undying, like belief, not since I can't say belief, but there's just an undying knowledge that you are confident in this, that this is what you do. It's not even a confidence, it's just a flow, like walking or like breathing, like drinking, like things that you just know, you know what I mean? So that those, those are the two differences that I would say but I agree with that. You know what I mean? As far as good and great. You know, when, we have, a, when we have super good practices, our head coach, uh, uh, Vince McGinnis, he's a world-class, you know, fighter. And now he's yep. going to eventually become a world-class coach when we get there. He always says when we're at the end of practice, we always do a three-minute uh, – it's a minute and a half body conditioning where we literally, like, hit each other as hard as we can in the stomach, kick each other's legs, and then it's a minute and a half of stance and motion, which is just, mm -hmm. like, emulating – it's like shadow boxing, like emulating a fight. And that's yeah. when you're dog-tired, you're exhausted – your mind's not there. You're beat up. He goes, who you are in those last three minutes of practice is who you're going to be when you're scared shitless in the cage and the lights are on. He goes, how mm -hmm. are you the guy that's like, I just can't wait for this to get over. I'm so dead. Or are you the guy that's, all right, my hands aren't in the right place. Like, even though you're dog tired, you're still making technical adjustments. You're still focused. He goes, who you yeah. are when you're at your lowest is who you're going to be when the lights hit you. Man, I, I love fighting. That's the, the, those are music to my ears. The, the reason why I love fighting, I did a, uh... I did Taekwondo for like 14 years. This is like oh, a, yeah. a back before I before I even uh touched the basketball. That's that's what I did. You know, I, I was actually competing olympically for a while and um I stopped for basketball, but I I I love to get back into fighting and that kind of stuff like it, that triggers me. You know what I mean? I, I like the game. So, oh, yeah. so that's cool. That that's a cool fact, man. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about kind of the mentality and the difference between good and great. And you know, one of my favorite quotes, which is similar to Grayson's, you know, you never rise to the occasion you lower yourself to your level of preparation. That's just kind of how it always mm -hmm. is. How much work you put in, like that's what you're going to get out of it. You know, you're never going to suddenly play out of character. Like once in a while you may, but like on a consistent level, like you said, you're going to, you're going to lower yourself to the level of preparation. And, you know, a lot of the times, especially within basketball, you know, you talked about earlier about guys passing up a good shot for a great shot, but sometimes those great shots don't even go in. So mm -hmm. how do you as a coach, when the fruits of your labor don't come to fruition, how are you still pushing your players through that to still believing in themselves and ch changing it from like, you know, it's not a belief, it's a no. Like, how do you make sure that they know even when things aren't working out right? Man, that that's a tough one because that that's a lot of internal battle that the player has to go through. You know, I almost embrace it. You know, I tell I tell them, I think I think uh, they hit a wall where they and I've seen it happen both ways where. You know, a player hits that wall where he's like, is this really paying off? Like he hits the plateau where he's like, is this my peak? Is this is this it for me? And um, he has two options at that point. You know, that player has an option to 
continue going and, and believing that what they're doing is working or run from it. And I've seen, I've seen both happen. I've seen where they hit that wall and they're like, you know what, this isn't worth it. And then they, their progress starts going down and then, you know, they fall off after. And then I've seen the other part where, you know, that player understands the struggle. And I think once you understand the struggle and you understand that this is part of the process and that nothing is guaranteed that that person that may not have put in as much work as you is out here outperforming you. If, if that happens and when that happens, rather, it's just a matter of going back to what you know, you know, and, and, and staying the course. And, and it's almost like a, you know, blind, blind faith, you know, because you're not seeing it, you know, you're not, you're not seeing the action be performed. You're not seeing your shots go in though. You've shot thousands of shots over the summer. It's like, you know what, you got to go back to what works. You know what I mean? So what I would tell a player is, is to stay the course. And at the moment, they're not going to hear it. At the moment, they're like, oh, man. you know what I mean? Like it's not working. It's not working. But I think my support for them shows that, you know what, this person believes in me to do, get it done. You know what I mean? And so that gives them the confidence to continue on because um, when they hit that wall, I think, you know, they start looking to outside resources and they're like, you know, maybe this coach doesn't believe in me anymore. And I just have to look at them and reassure them. I like, I believe in you, man. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need anybody else to believe. You know, we need one person to believe in you, you know? And when I look at that player and I reassure them that that they can do it, you know, um, I've seen where that player just takes that confidence and then continues on having the having a good streak with with who they are, you know? And, and I'm okay with struggle. I see it all the time. I'm okay with players making mistakes and, and struggling in games as long as it's conducive towards what we're doing and they're not, like, going against the grain and it's in flow. And just sometimes, you know what I mean? Like like you said, shots don't go in. You know, it's the name of the game. You know, Steph Curry has had, night, has had nights where he's 0 for 10, you know what I mean? Um, the greatest fighters have lost at times, you know, and 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 it happens every day in sports, you know what I mean? So it's it's just the, the game we play. And um, just just having someone to believe in you to, to continue on, you know, a good fighter I, I'd like to mention is probably GSP. You know, GSP is probably like one of, one of the biggest comeback fighters, in my opinion, because he's rectified all his law. Look at that. No, bro, that's the goal. <laughs> you know, that's my dream go right there, bro. Yeah, he's he's rectified every single one of his losses. You know what I mean? Every loss that he's had, he's come back and he's beat that same person again. So for me, you know, that that's a great example of somebody who who stayed the course with it, though they've lost at times. It's like, you know what, let me just get back up and, and figure this out, you know, and, and when they took the time to figure out. Because normal, more often than not, it's not that that person is making a mistake somewhere. You know, though they put in the work and do all these things in the summer, in that moment, they're making a mistake somewhere where it's not going right for them. So they just got to go back and analyze. You know, they go back, look at the tape, and I'll go ahead and, and help them with that. And I'm like, yo, listen, your feet aren't right. You know, your jump shot is a little to the left. You didn't hold your fall to whatever the, the case is. It's like, this is just what you have to correct. Don't don't get emotional about it and be like, oh, the work I'm putting in isn't working. No, that, that works. You know what I mean? But in this moment, you didn't do the right thing. So let's just get back to doing that. You know, and then when they see that, the simple, uh, you know, corrections made, and then we, we move forward. So one of the biggest reasons, so so quick recap, the biggest reason we started this podcast was to get experience and build our portfolio so that when we go to apply to jobs, it's like, well, you know, look at all these hundreds of hours we have on camera mm -hmm. talking to guys. Uh, the second reason is we want guys like yourself that they're not super famous, but they're big enough in the sports world that I, their story needs to be heard. You know, and that's, sure. that's another reason we started it. And the third reason is – at least from my perspective, is I want to share to young athletes, especially young men, because we live in a society where it's really hard to be a young man and there's not a lot of people that are out there backing them and supporting them and helping them, is it mm -hmm. to show that everyone's the same. you know? Yeah. And, and it goes back to the social media point you stated where you're like, you go on <clears throat> Kevin Durant's Instagram, he's not going to post him missing shots of practice. He's not going to yeah. post a day he breaks. 
but those days exist. There's days oh, yeah. George St. Pierre goes to practice and amateurs probably beat up on him. There's days yep. he gasses out. Once you realize that these trials and tribulations and these struggles you're having in your given sport, if it's baseball, football, basketball, MMA, hockey, once you realize that the greatest and the guys that you watch on TV are going through the same thing, it makes your dreams and the journey much more attainable. And that might yeah. be just a me thing, but I'm a big believer in that. That's why I started reading so much. You know, I, I, I had the George St. Pierre book. Reading his book, he's going through the same, like, oh, man, I wake up. I don't even want to go to practice today. I didn't think George St. Pierre hated practice. You know, I thought like, he wakes up and he wants to go to practice. You realize that the greats went through the same struggle you have. It makes your dream seem much more attainable, and it makes the process much more fun. And social yeah. media is killing that 100%. No one's going to post when they're having bad days. They all right. have them, though. And I can tell you, I've trained with some dogs, okay? I trained in South Florida. I've trained with some monsters, and even mm -hmm. they have bad days. The problem, The difference is they don't let it get to them. That's it. That's it, man. That, that's a great point, man. I think uh, another book, uh, a great book that if you if you want to read is uh, called Relentless. It was about it's about Tim Grover. It's about uh, Kobe Bryant's trainer, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade. And he has a bunch of them. But Kobe Bryant, he talks about Kobe mainly throughout his his book. And it talks about, you know, like like you mentioned, the ups and downs. You know what I mean? The nights where, you know, Kobe was shooting the same shot over and over and over again because he missed the game winner of that same shot, you know, the the night before. So, um, you know, the, everyone has bad days and and. I think we all have the same capabilities. Now being the same, I think is, is, is the truth. It's not, it's not a fault, but I think more so because we, we all think a little differently, you know what I mean? But we all have the same capabilities, you know what I mean? And I think we all are able to, you know, do the, do the things that we want to do, but you know, it's our, it's our mental limitations that stop us. You know what I mean? So, you know, I could go on and say how, you know, I'm tired and, and I don't want to do this. And you're going to have days like that, dude. Like you just mentioned, man. Like even as a coach, I show up and I'm like, man, F these kids, man. Like I, I don't want to be here today, man. Like, you know, forget, forget these kids, dude. You know what I mean? But I show up, you know what I mean? And when I'm in there and I'm in the groove, like right now, like, I, like when we get off this podcast shortly, um, you know, I got to go train the kids after having a whole day of working with the kids I just worked with. But, you know, um, I may not be feeling it, but I just show up. And once you're in that gym and you show up, you know, you'll, you'll get back into it. You know what I mean? So it's just about, like you said, uh, reassuring yourself that, you know, it's okay to have those days, but just push through it. Don't let it get to, you You know? Yeah. Um, we've kind of been just full of quotes this entire podcast, yeah, but I'm I, absolutely <laughs> loving this podcast. yeah, yeah I, I'm feeling it, but you know, Keanu Reeves had one of my favorite quotes in an interview. He said, you know, everyone has problems, you know, 20% of the people are glad you have them and the other 80% don't care. So, you know, everyone's going through something. No one's really going to share your sentiment. No one's going to walk a mile through your shoes, but you know, there are going to be some people along your journey that are going to be there for you. And they're going to try to uplift you. And, you know, one of your biggest things for you as a coach is like, you just try to keep believing in a player so that they never lose faith in themselves. Cause you know, I feel like the biggest thing for a lot of players is, is like other people see their dream and they don't even see it themselves. And like, mm -hmm. you know, if you yourself can't see your dream, then you're never going to achieve it because you have right. to have such a, like the most cliche we ever cliche thing we ever hear is like, if other people aren't laughing at your dreams then they're not worth chasing, like you should have a goal set so high that, you know, yeah. other people should consistently doubt you. But, you know, for you as a coach, how do you help players strive for ambitions that are so, that seem so far out of reach for them, but at the same time, keep them within the mentality of staying within themselves. Like, how do you make sure they never, you know, are afraid to reach too far to where, let's say, like, even if they do fail, you know, that's not technically a failure. You know, even if you shoot for the moon and you land amongst the stars, like, you 
your original goal was the moon, but so what? You made it to the stars, like technically a bigger goal. But like, hopefully this is kind of making sense. But like, how are you helping guys still reach for dreams higher than their original expectations, but at the same time, keeping them within themselves and not trying to like be unrealistic for themselves? Yeah, I think I think that comes down to just writing things out. I think writing, I think there's a lot of power in writing um, and reading, obviously, but but writing as well. You know what I mean? You need to you need to put things on paper or, or on, I guess, you know, your notes or a Word document, whatever have you. But you need to put things out there in writing. You know what I mean? And I think when you write things that are you think are unattainable, because like, you know, a thought is a thought until it's put into action. You know what I mean? So when you're, what, you're, what you're saying right now. That's it. You know what I mean? So track it. You know what I mean? So have your short term goals have your long-term goals, have your 15, 20 year goals, you know what I mean? And, and track it, you know what I mean? And track it, you know, meticulously track it, track it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's your life, you know what I mean? Because it is at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're writing your own book, you know, like Grayson mentioned earlier every single day. So write it out, you know what I mean? Write it out, get to the point. And I do that. I do that with my players often where, where I sit there and, and I'm like, okay, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do this week, this month, this year, five years, 10 years, you let me know. You know what I mean? And then, you know, for me, I have a lot of clients, not, not just a lot of clients, but I, I, I'm involved with a lot of players. So, you know, I encourage them to do this and, and track it themselves while if they need guidance, I'll help them through it, you know, because, you know, I have my own goals to obtain as well. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying I can't be there for that player, but it's up for me to be there for every player. So when I tell them to write things out, it's kind of up to them to make that decision. You know what I mean? Because they have to have. So for me, you know, I've, I've fallen out of love with potential. You know, unfortunately, because I think coaches and, and me and me being in this coaches seat is so because, you know, I see potential everywhere. You know, I see potential in everybody and, and each just as a person, I see the good in everybody. But sometimes that hurts me because that player doesn't believe themselves, like you mentioned earlier, Zach. And then when that player doesn't believe in himself, the energy that I'm putting into that player isn't going to work, you know, and I'm, I'm wasting energy going into that player when they don't have a self-belief within themselves. You know, so when they take that initiative and be like, you know what, I believe in it. This is what I'm going to do. Here's, the, here's what I'm going to set out to do. They might fail along the way, which is okay, which they are going to fail. I shouldn't say might. They are going to fail along the way. But I think the most important part is just being able to track it all and finding a way to reach that next goal, reach that next step um, is the most important part in keeping them in line with today, tomorrow, and uh, what the future has for them as well. Uh, I know you're about to go. I just want to – this has been my thought, and I haven't been able to put it out, is the law of attraction. Sure. You know, I'm a very, very, very big believer of that. Um, Conor McGregor, when he was – going to fight Jose Aldo. I don't know if you guys were following MMA at that time, but it was like the biggest fight to ever be put together. Conor yep. McGregor was the biggest rising superstar of all time. And Jose Aldo was arguably the greatest fighter of all time. There was a lot of, you know, greats and things going on. And I remember Conor McGregor being in an interview <clears throat> and they're like, what do you think is going to happen? And he says, I'm going to finish him in the first round. They go, no, really? He goes, I'm going to do this, this, and that. They go, you're not scared. He's going to knock you out. He goes, the second I put a thought of me losing or I put any scenario that I lose in my brain, it's already out in the, and the energy is already out there in the world. And it's going to happen. He goes, mm. I need to constantly never think of a losing scenario. I need to never think of a losing situation. He goes, when it doesn't exist in here, it's very hard for it to exist out here. And one of my friends, uh, Cam, he's dating this girl named Sophia and she works at a hospital. She's a nurse. And she was talking to a, an older client who was, you know, probably going to pass away pretty soon. And she was like, if you could give me any advice in life, just one thing, what would it be? And the client told her, every single night before you go to bed, think about how amazing and awesome the next day is going to be. And every single morning when you wake up, think about how awesome and amazing this day is going to be. And when you start thinking about how great everything's going to be, think great things happen. When you go to Absolutely. bed, like 
shit, dude, I don't want to wake up in eight hours. I got to do all this. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, I got so much to do. Your day's going to suck. You're going in already knowing it's going to suck. But when you mm. tell yourself it's amazing, regardless of how bad it is, there's power in that. There's, there's spiritual energy in that. If you believe in that or not, there's a power to the mind. You know, right. and I think that's a very big thing that a lot of young athletes and, and young people in life need to understand that it's bigger than just the doing. You need to actually believe and know that the doing as well. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's success is a mindset because success, I think I think the same, you know, energy is, is put into success across all platforms, whether you're, you know, a stockbroker, a lawyer, a basketball player, a wrestler, what have you, you 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 have a famous podcast success is is a mental thing you know what i mean and that's where it starts rather you know what i mean now there's different strategies and there's different business but with your mindset you'll learn those things you know what i mean with the proper mindset and understanding that you have to learn a lot and grow a lot as long as you're putting forth that that positive energy out there then you're going to get positive results you know and and when something negative does happen you don't look at it as negative you know what I mean? You look at it as either a learning opportunity or some, or, or just that, you know what I mean? You look at it as something that you can grow from, you know? So that, that's a beautiful thing that, that you look, that you just mentioned, uh, Grayson, it's something that I, pro I probably have to do more of because, you know, I have long days. I mean, so when I go to bed, I know that shit, I'm probably gonna get three hours tonight, probably gonna get four hours tonight. You know what I mean? But I think with that mindset, it'll help, you know, individuals to, to move forward. So, you know, keep putting that message out there. I'm definitely going to use some of that, you know, shit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one of the last things I'll say before we let you go here, you know, you talk a lot about how you can't completely eliminate failure, but you can redefine it in a certain sense. You know, Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo, once he was eliminated, you know, had probably one of the best post uh, post game conferences quotes that I've heard in a long time. And he said, 31 teams fail of reaching a championship every year. It, it, does that mean 31 teams fail? No. He goes, that, mm -hmm. that's just an unrealistic expectation. So, you know, for you, how do you define failure? Like what exactly is failure, whether it be through coaching, whether it be yourself, how do you make sure that, you know, a great fighter once said, you know, I've never taken a loss. I've only learned lessons. So like, how do you define failure in your eyes? So, I mean, I'm, I'm analytical as well, man. So for me, um, you know, I've, I've learned that the emotional aspect of failure doesn't exist. So you're, you're absolutely correct. You know what I mean? Whereas like, you know, you, there's nothing that the only, the only time you really lose, I think mentally is when you stop is when you quit. Right. So if you're going to define failure, I think, I think that's the definition of failure per se, like when you quit in a general aspect. Now I do believe that, you know, numerically and analytically there, there's times where you're down, you know what I mean? There's times where you have been down compared to where you're up. You know what I mean? If your business is doing, I don't know, if your business is doing a hundred thousand this year, and you guys do 80,000 the next, then that's a loss, but it's not necessarily a failure. You know what I mean? And I think failure is just the moment where you stop at that 80 and you're like, you know what? I, so I'm done. That's failure. You know what I mean? But you know, when you lose, I think it's a, it's a pivotal moment for you, you know, and, and it's a character defining moment rather than anything, you know, sports is, is a character definer. Sports isn't necessarily, you know, a, a measure of, of winners and losers per se. It's a measure of, of characters. You know what I mean? Because there's people who are glorified, and they've never won. You know, you look at it specifically in NBA, you know, you look at guys like Chris Paul who have been, you know, a, a very successful in the NBA. He just never won a championship. You know what I mean? It's a team sport. There's a lot of factors that go into winning a championship. There's 31 teams like John has mentioned, you know, and even in the NCAA tournament, there's 64 teams and it's a single elimination tournament. So it's like you look at teams like FAU and UM who've been fortunate enough to get there. Does that mean the teams that they beat? Does that, <laughs> does that mean the teams that they beat are necessarily failure? Yeah, maybe in that moment. But guess what they're doing right now? They're preparing for the year to come. 
You know what I mean? And every year, there's a new champion. Every year, it, it's just a reoccurring cycle. You know what I mean? So it doesn't necessarily mean that you fail. So that that's a that's a great question, man. I, um, it's just your your ability to continue on. You know, it's what uh, defines a, a winner. Yeah. I like that, Zach. I my, my I actually saw George St. Pierre. It's crazy how everything comes together. Saw George St. Pierre repost uh, Nikola Nikola Tesla. Is that the guy that created Tesla? Yes. Yes. He he yes. said. I didn't fail 300 times. I just found 300 ways that don't work. Mm. You know? So that's that's a good one to, to end off right yeah. there. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Nikola Tesla was the one that inspired it. But it was uh, – obviously Elon Musk runs it. But, yeah, Nikola Tesla was, like, the originator of, like, electricity. We yeah, he's, like, long. the nerd. He's, like, the Einstein and everything. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. We could, like, go on a whole tangent about that shit, too. So. Hey, yeah. Josh, dude, I had one of the most fun times of my entire life, dude. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on. We definitely need to bring you on one that we don't have to have a time limit so we can just go Yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I actually really enjoyed this as well. I enjoyed – you know, just exchanging with you too, man. You guys asked some phenomenal questions. You guys gave some great input and just keep going, man. Just just keep going. I think that that question that you finished with Zach is a, a perfect embodiment of what we all need to do every day. Is just, you know, keep on, keep striving, stay positive and uh, you know, just uh just keep going, man. So I appreciate you guys for having me. Yep. I've got one last quote for everyone before we sign off. Sword, swords are forged in fire, men are forged through suffering. Mm. That's all you need to know. Mm. Getting right on that one, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs>